while we were on holidays, we made a mistake. It was New Year's Eve, and the mistake? We watched the Matilda musical on Netflix. It was a mistake because the songs are catchy, and now they are constantly being sung in our house. I wanted the songs that Matilda, the main character, sings is called Naughty. And in this song, she laments all that is wrong with the world and in her world. And towards the end of the song, she sings, But nobody else is going to put it right for me. Nobody but me is going to change my story. And I think that's the song many Australians sing. We might not use those words. But that theme, life's not fair. You can influence, direct and control your own environment. You can make your life what you want it to be. That is what our culture teaches. You are in control. You make the decisions. You get to march to the beat of your own drum. See, we we love to think we're in control, that we're ruling our own little world, our own little kingdom. Uh, We show it in the way that we choose to present ourselves to the world, how we dress, what what our Facebook profile looks like, what we post or don't post. Uh, We choose careers and our spouses, where we're going to live. We celebrate as a culture being able to choose when we're going to have kids. Uh, Recently, it's become law that under certain, certain circumstances, you can even choose when you're going to die. We like to think that we choose and control our future. Superannuation uh, ads, they're all about taking control of your money and the the lifestyle that it promises. And so we fashion ourselves as little kings and queens where we rule over our lives. We sing the song of Matilda, no one but me is going to change my story. We're in control, we reign. And it's attractive to want to live this way. Who doesn't want to be in control of their own life? In fact, as you hear that, you might think, well, that's wise advice, isn't it? Well, today, as we look at Psalm 93, we see that actually maybe this is not the best way to live. Maybe this is not the wisest advice. Our psalm today is a countercultural psalm, a psalm that challenges something most people in Australia believe. And once we read it, we'll see that the adage that I'm the master of my own destiny is a little bit foolish. So as we open the Psalms, uh, we're opening the book of songs of God's people. Uh, More traditional Anglican churches still use hymn books with the lyrics of their hymns in it. Well, the Psalms was Israel's hymn book. But these are not just ordinary songs, because these songs are inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. They are divinely penned songs from the mouth of God himself. And like all of the Old Testament, these songs find their fulfillment in Jesus Christ. So as we read Psalm 93, we're not just looking at the latest popular Christian hymn, but God's word, God's song. And as we look at this particular hymn, Song in Psalm 93. Uh, Commentators think that this song was uh, likely sung on Fridays before the Sabbath to remind God's people of his majesty. And as we read it and reflect on it, it'll help us to know who really is in control. Now, the first thing we see in this psalm is in verse 1, and that is that the Lord reigns in creation. 
Verse 1, the Lord reigns. To reign is to rule. It is to have control. The Lord reigns. Now, coming to church this morning and hearing this, you might think, well, that doesn't seem so countercultural. You've heard this before. In fact, if you're at church last week, as we looked at Psalm 110, we heard that very same message that the Lord reigns. But the idea that there is a supernatural being who reigns, who is sovereign, who is supreme, in modern day Australia is one of the most countercultural things that you can say, think, and live by. Lots of people today might pay lip service to God, might live thinking that there is some sort of God out there, but they cannot sing with the psalmist, the Lord reigns. The Lord is in control. But that's what the psalmist sings. That's what God's people sing. The Lord reigns. And what is the Lord's reign like? Well, we see in verse 1, the Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. The Lord is majestic. His reign is majestic. The image is it's God's robe. It surrounds him. And the psalmist says it twice for emphasis. Majesty brings to mind images of power, of, of beauty, of magnificence. We might describe a particularly beautiful sunset as majestic. It's far-reaching. Words don't really quite capture it. Well, God rules with majesty, with wonder, with beauty. He wraps it around himself. But God's reign is also powerful. He is armed with strength. God is not a weak ruler, a king with no power. And Nathan used the example last week of how King Charles is a constitutional monarch, a king with very limited power, who can't act in many situations, even if he wanted to. Our God is not like that. Our God is armed with strength. He has real power. He's not constrained. He can put into effect his plans and his purposes and nothing can get in his way. God is not a weak, powerless God. He is the God who reigns with majesty, armed with strength. And we see the evidence in verse 1 still that he reigns. He reigns over creation. It says, Indeed, the world is established, firm and secure. If we want evidence of the Lord's reign, we just need to look at the creation. Look at the world God has created by his powerful word. It's testimony to the fact that God is in control. Uh, God did create this world. It's not an evolutionary, accidental big bang. But God created it by the power of his word. God is the one who set our earth to rotate around the sun in a perfect rotation, close enough to the sun so that we don't freeze far enough away so that we're not burnt to a crisp. God is the one who gave us atmosphere so that we could live and breathe. God is the one who gave us seasons so that we can grow crops and food. God is the one who breathed life into humanity. God established the earth, firm and secure. 
Can you make that boast? Can you say that you established the earth? I can't. No one can. But God can. He reigns. But there's also another aspect of God's reign here in verse 2. It says, Your throne was established long ago. You are from all eternity. God's reign is eternal. There's no revolving door on the leadership of God's throne. There's no leadership spills. God reigns forever, without beginning, without end. Now that's hard for us humans who are finite and limited to, to get our head around. You know, it's a common question for kids to ask, where did God come from or who created God? And the answer is, well, no one created God. God didn't come from anywhere. He always was, always is, always will be. Uh, NADOC week in 2021, the slogan that they had for that week was borrowed, I think, from the book of Revelation. It was, it was always was, always will be. And you can still see it on shirts around town. But I think the slogan is a slight overreach because all human cultures will pass away. They're not eternal. But God is eternal. As we read in Revelation 4, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. God's reign is eternal. He is seated on the throne forever. Now maybe you're sitting here this morning and that's actually not how you think about God. You believe God is there, but actually you live like God is a constitutional king. He reigns, but he can't really do anything. Well, we need to hear this psalm. God reigns and he is armed with strength. Our God has more power than any ruler in this world, past or present has more power than the U.S. government or the Chinese government. In fact, God's power compared to any other rulers is like comparing an ant to a dinosaur or a light globe to the sun or a piece of sand to all the pieces of sand in all the earth. Our God is supremely powerful. And we have to make sure that our image of God, our mental picture of who God is, is not too small. That we don't start thinking that God is weak that he is not powerful. We want to make sure we don't put God in a box. Instead, we need to let God paint the image for us of what he is like. We need to read Psalm 93 and see he is the one who establishes the earth and keeps it firm, that he is eternal. See, the way that God informs our picture of him is he tells us about himself. He reveals himself to us through his word, through the scriptures. And so it's through reading psalms like this one, we need to ask God to reveal himself to us, to show us his majesty, his strength, and his reign as we read his word. So the Lord reigns over creation. One of the challenges for us thinking about God's reign, though, is that sometimes it looks like to our human eyes, from our human perspective, that God is not in control. 
And so let's look at verses 3 and 4 where we see God's reign is not threatened by creation. In verse 3, the seas have lifted up, Lord. The seas have lifted up their voice. The seas have lifted up their pounding waves. Here in the NIV, it's that the word seas, they're lifting up, they're crashing down, their voice is causing chaos and destruction. In the ESV, it actually uses the word floods. It says the floods have lifted up, Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods in Fitzroy Crossing these past few weeks, they're a good illustration. At one point, the Fitzroy River was 50 kilometres wide. There was more water passing through the Fitzroy River in 24 hours that Perth would need in 20 years. That's a lot of water. No one in Fitzroy Crossing was in control of that flood. No government was in control of that flood because if they were, they would have made sure that the flood just avoided the houses. It would have made sure that the flood didn't knock down the Fitzroy Bridge. The floods are lifted up. And events like that happen and it shatters the belief that we are in control because we're clearly not in control. And there are so many events in our world that can leave that very same imprint on our minds. The seas crashing, the floods rising, suddenly you lose your job. The seas have lifted up. You think you're financially secure and the banks raise their interest rates. And now you've got financial strain. You run your own business, but then the markets turn. You own a farm and then the weather turns. The seas have lifted up their voice. You or someone in your family has serious health complications. Someone you know dies suddenly. The seas lift up their pounding waves. We heard about the situation in Uganda earlier where food is scarce and there is drought and people are dying. The seas have lifted up, Lord. The seas have lifted up their voice. We can't control these things. We can't master them. We cannot, in the words of Matilda, change the story. It's outside of our control. And it's, it's often the everyday things that remind us that we're not in control. Uh, the other day we were driving back from Darwin and up ahead we saw a couple of cows. One was on this side of the road, one was on that side of the road. They were nowhere near the road. Uh, thought we were going to be safe. And then this car, the cow over here, which was the furthest away, decided that he was going to run straight across the road. And we were heading towards it, 130 kilometres an hour. Uh, praise God, we didn't hit the cow. I'm not quite sure how we didn't hit the cow. It was a miracle of God. And we're very thankful for that. But there's a, another family uh, who work with the Church Missionary Society. They're in Adelaide. They were driving, I imagine, a similar drive, and they hit a kangaroo. And the mother is still in ICU and the father is I've been quite injured. It's events like these that just remind us that we are not in control. The seas have lifted up their pounding waves, shattering our illusion. The illusion that we can control our life, that we reign. Actually, to think that we reign is a it's a little bit foolish. This is what God highlights is our biggest problem in the Bible, our, our desire to reign that rejects his reign, that rejects that he is mighty, 
that thinks that we can stand in his place. That's what the Bible calls sin. And when God shows us that we're not in control, and we also don't think that he is in control, well, that leads us to despair. It leads us to anxiousness. It leads us to worry. But here is the good news. God still reigns. Have a look at verse 4. Mightier than the thunder of the great waters, mightier than the breakers of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. Above all the chaos, above all the suffering, above all that we see in this world, God still reigns. When we feel like we're drowning in crashing seas and being overwhelmed by the floods, the Lord on high is mighty. And all we need to do to know his rule, well, we can look at creation we saw from verses 1 and 2, but also we can look at something more sure. We can look to Jesus. Jesus, the eternal Son of God, who was there with the Father and the Holy Spirit when the world was created. Jesus, who humbled himself, becoming a servant human. This same Jesus who with a mighty voice told the crushing waves to be quiet, be still. But Jesus himself faced plenty of raising seas crashing down on him. Jesus was falsely accused. He was beaten Mocked, scorned, condemned to die the worst death the Romans could think up at the time on the cross. At that moment, the seas were crashing down. The seas were lifting up their voice. And at that moment, when Jesus, the Son of God, breathed his last and said, it is finished. From a human perspective, it all looked lost. It looked like God did not reign. How could Jesus forgive sin if he was dead? How could Jesus bring in God's kingdom if he was dead? It's that moment where the unimaginable happened and it looked like God's promises were sunk. But then the seemingly impossible happened. The Lord on high is mighty. Jesus rose from the grave victorious making a way for our sin to be forgiven, making a way for those moments where we've rejected God's reign because we want to be in control to be forgiven. And now Jesus sits at God's right hand in heaven. And so we can say as we read Psalm 93 that Jesus reigns. He is robed in majesty. He is robed in majesty, armed with strength, keeping the earth firm forever. He is mighty and eternal and holy. As we read this psalm and we read the word Lord, we can, we can put Jesus there because Jesus now reigns. And Jesus' death and resurrection shows us, without a doubt, that God still rules over this world, even when it doesn't look like it. And so how are we to live 
knowing that God reigns? Well, we see the answer in verse 5, that God reigns through his word. Verse 5, your statutes, Lord, stand firm. Holiness adorns your house for endless days. God's word, God's statutes stand firm forever. God has spoken. He's revealed himself to us in his words. See, it's in his word that we learn what God is like. We learn of his power, of his majesty, of his strength. But we also learn of his commitment to his people, his love, his mercy, his grace. We see in God's word that God's promises are fulfilled in Jesus. It's in God's word we learn how Jesus is our saviour who sacrificed himself for us. And do you see what the psalm says about God's word? It says it stands firm. Just like the world is established firm and secure, God's words, his statutes, his promises to us are not going anywhere. They are firm. They are secure. Last year we... I did the kids' play area and we got to put up a new shade sail, uh, which was generously done by some people in our church. And to do that, they had to put metal poles in the ground. And they wanted to make sure those metal poles were firm, that they wouldn't be moved, that when the storms come, that the metal poles would still be standing. Well, that is God's word. Secure. Firm. And God's rule, God's word is good. His reign is good. He's not a tyrannical ruler, but it says here he rules in the holiness. It says holiness adorns his house in verse 5. And God's holiness means that God is different from us. It means that he is set apart from us. He is perfect in all that he is. And out of holiness, God speaks. God reigns. And it's because of his holiness we can know that God's words are good and that actually he's working for our good. Romans 8.28, it says that God is working for the good of those who love him. It means that when we're standing under a wave that is about to come crashing down on us, that we can trust that God will use that wave for our good that wave might still come crashing down on us. But we can be confident that God is still reigning, even in the midst of that. God's rule is good. His reign is perfect. And so what we need to know, that is that as we read the Bible, we are not just reading another book. We're reading... God's words that stand firm forever. And so um, now is the time, if you're not into a habit of reading God's word, to start reading God's word. It can be hard to start a habit if you're not used to reading God's word each day. But just try different things until you you get into a a routine. Uh, Some people like listening to God's word. Uh, There's some great podcasts where you can listen to God's word each day. I prefer to read God's word. And so I have a Bible reading plan that I go through. There's some on the back table. Please take one. See, 
in the Bible are God's words. Everything that God wants you to know and to live by is in his word. And as we read God's word, we see that God does not want us to be striving for our own little reign, our own little crown, our own little kingdom. The Bible doesn't tell us to march to the beat of our own drum. But instead, God tells us to march to the beat of his drum. It's no surprise that God's word calls us to recognize his rule by recognizing that Jesus is our king. And so now that we've read Psalm 93, the question we need to ask is this. Which song will you sing? See, one of the biggest implications of this psalm is it busts through the lie that we are in control. But it reminds us that God is in control. God is the one who reigns. God is the eternal one. We are not. God is the one who established the earth. We did not. God is mightier than the seas and the floods. We are not. God, through Jesus, defeated death and promises us eternal life. We definitely didn't do that. God is robed in majesty, armed with strength, eternal and holy. Us, we can't even control a flood in Fitzroy River. We need to recognize that Jesus is king, that he reigns. We need to be like the Apostle Thomas who confessed to Jesus, my Lord and my God. That is our starting point of recognizing that the Lord reigns by acknowledging that his King Jesus reigns with him. But to do that, you actually also have to acknowledge that you do not reign, that you are not in control. You have to give up whatever right you think you have to rule your own life and place it before Jesus. And that's hard. It's hard to give up our own little crown. It's hard to live knowing that the Lord reigns. And so we need to choose which song we'll sing. Will you sing a song along the lines of, I reign, I am in control, I am mighty, I am the master of my own destiny, I can change my story? Or will you sing, the Lord reigns? Will you bow down before the reign of God's son, Jesus? Will you live by his eternal word, which is full of grace and truth? We need to sing, the Lord reigns.